Hello there, welcome to this episode of Milk the Cow podcast. Today we're joined by uh, Gary Sullivan, who will be telling a bit about himself when we bring him in a moment. But before we do, um, if you want to directly support our work, you can go to patreon.com. That's patreon.com forward slash cow daily. Um, we're doing a thing over Christmas called Cow Flicks, where a lot of the back catalogue that I recorded when I um, was ill for a long time, um, it's all going on there. We're going to do watch parties and like obviously release the rest of it in the new year but for patrons only um until then um there'll be a hell of a lot of, uh, probably about i don't know 40 hours of things you could watch or more um there's already a lot on there so patreon.com forward slash cow daily if you want to make a one-off contribution to our work paypal link is in the description also as well um if you're in the live chat and you do have questions for gary please get them in there we we'll have a lot today because we've got um some from the social media um, but we'll try and get through as many as we possibly can. So without further ado, we'll bring in your friend and mine, Gary Sullivan. Gary, how are you doing, pal? You good? Hi, how are you doing, man? So, it's all, all right, good. man. I'm all right, good. Thanks for the invitation to be here. Oh, I'm really happy you're coming, mate. I, I mean, um, you've got an interesting story and I think a lot of practical advice for people as well. Uh, before we get into that, though, do you want to just give a little bit of, like, who are you, like, what you do, that kind of thing? Yeah, so I'm a, I'm a Brit. I'm, I'm actually from the northeast of England, from Teesside. Right. And um, I moved to Morocco in 2014 permanently. Mm-hmm. I'd been here a few times before then. Lived in other countries, traveled to about 40 countries around the world and decided to settle in Morocco and never looked back, really. It's, it's well, been you, great. You look That's very happy. Okay. That's quite the smile yeah. you've got on your face, Gary. Yeah, man, it's uh, life here is really, really good. It's, it's, you know, I mean, when we go into details with the conversation, I, I think a, a lot of what is available to people here mm-hmm. would be just beyond a dream in the UK, and yet yeah. here it's very practical. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's very easy to smile in Morocco. Great. That is great. Tell you what we'll do. We'll start with some questions from um, the watchers and listeners, and then we'll just kind of go through it that way. Like I said, dead relaxed today. I'm just interested in having a good conversation with you. You know yourself, a podcast isn't really an interview. It's a conversation between friends, really. So that's what we'll do. Um, So what we got here, Malcolm Gilding um, has asked, I've lived in a few different countries. I'd be interested to know how important they, uh, they feel that prior learning and knowledge of the culture and language of the place you're relocating to is. Is there anything they'd recommend doing in advance, particularly if relocating to a non-European country? So I, I, I can understand the question. And I think there is a lot of hesitation moving outside what people would see a comfort zone of Europe. And... Um, it's, it's not difficult at all. So I can, I can really only talk about Morocco. I mean, I've lived in Turkey, Lebanon, Syria, Australia, and Spain. So yeah. quite a few countries, variety of cultures and languages and religions. And honestly, it's, it's incredibly easy to slip into any of them because yeah. the fundamentals of living in any country are pretty much the same. Really, the, the, only, the only thing that would actually stand out here living in Morocco is when you go into the off-license to buy your alcohol, you have mm-hmm. to put it in a bag. So you see all of these people with sports bags going into, into their off-license and putting beers and wines and things like that. And yeah. the first time I did that, I didn't know. And I just went in, bought a bottle of wine, came out and was just holding it in my hand, walking down the street. And no one stopped me. 
but the police went into the off license and spoke to the guy in there and said, hey, you know, when this guy comes back in, make sure he buys a bag. So yeah. that's the level of cultural conflict that, that there is, which is, which is nothing. And, you know, here in Morocco, everybody's learning English. So, yeah. you know, like when I arrived here in 2000, when I first came here in 2007, hardly anybody spoke English. Now, anybody under the age of 20, I would always speak to them in English because I Great, know yeah. they're going to have some level of English. Religion-wise, I'm an atheist. Everybody knows I'm an atheist here. No one bothers about that. It's like, you know, they, the, the most difficult thing I've had is people trying to understand what it's like to not believe in any God. They, yeah. they can understand Christianity. They can understand Judaism. But the notion of just not believing in a God, that's difficult for them to understand. But all they then do is just ask me questions. You know, why yeah. like, where do you think we came from then? And, you know, just all of those typical religious questions that you get. And, mm -hmm. you know, I don't, I don't hide anything. There are rules here around promoting atheism. But, you know, I have no desire to do that anyway. I'm allowing people to just believe what you want to believe, you know. So it's no big hassle. Honestly... It's in terms of cultural conflict, language conflict, it doesn't exist. And right. then on the positive side, I have so much access to, to things that I would not be able to have in the UK. In the UK, I'm a, I'm a Brit. I am one of 64 million British people. The competition is very high. Here yeah. in Morocco, there are 36,000 people, native English speakers. We must rank about what? 8%, 10%, if that. So I, I have a fast track to anything that I want to achieve mm -hmm. because I am fairly unique here. Nothing special. So you, do you, would, you, would you say that's a, a reflective of people who move to most countries where the opportunities are a bit more open for them rather because they're a novelty, really? Yep. In fact, I would advise people, if you are going to move, don't move to European countries. Don't move right. to developed countries. Move to countries that are developing. Move to countries mm -hmm. that we would traditionally class as third world countries. Because they are the ones that give the greatest amount of it. Like Morocco is just going crazy in terms of building. Like they've just built this huge theater on the riverbank here. I mean, it's, mm -hmm. it's fast. You know, they are, they're, they're, they're just a small thing. They've just opened uh, a 21st century bus station here with, with technology that would just be so incredible in the UK. So whereas in the UK, they're closing everything down, you know, they're talking about public sector cuts. Here they're building hospitals, schools, roads. It's, it's, it's the exact polar opposite of the mentality of the UK. And is it a and, mentality uh, thing, Gary, is it? Because like in the narrative in the UK just now is, oh, you know, we'll have to tighten our belts. And it, well, just now it's been like that for like for 12 years or more. And it seems to ingrained in the population that you just can't have it. You can't have everything. Whereas, like Morocco, like economically, isn't as big a country as the UK. What's the disconnect here? How how does that happen? So I'm I'm not an economist. I don't know. I can really talk about the result of that mentality yeah. rather than how that mentality comes about. But um, you know, there there is great optimism here. There is great determination. They have this uh, 2030 plan. Right. So they want this country to be the certain place by 2030. And that's around 
uh, education, literacy, uh, health, a welfare state, um, you know, roads connecting the rails. They've got a, a high-speed train here. As far as wow. I know, the UK still doesn't have that yet. I'm, they're talking about the HS2 or whatever it's called. Okay. I don't know. I haven't been to the UK for about three years. So, <laughs> you know, last time yeah. I was there, we had a queen. So, you know, I don't <laughs> fully always know what's going on there. But here, they're just, they're just building and they're investing in the country. And certainly the mentality here is if you want to get out of a hole, you have to put a construction there to lift you out of the hole. And yeah. it seems to me that what's happening in the UK is like the, the government, the, the media, even, even some of the people, uh, their mentality is let's just sit in the hole until somehow the earth crumbles a little bit and yeah. the soil kind of rises us up naturally. And it isn't going to work. You have to no. be proactive. You have to build and invest. And what the UK is doing is not just nothing. It's doing worse than nothing. It's cutting yeah. back, you know, and, and honestly, this, you know, the mentality I find in the UK is that, you know, like you say, we tighten our belts, two years, you know, two years to flatten the inflation curve. Where have we heard that before? And then it's going to be, you know, 10 years to get out of the recession. Well, that's fine. But in 10 years time, Morocco is going to be so much better than where it is now. And the UK has going to be standing still for, for 10 years. So the gap between Morocco the UK is, is shrinking all the more and it, the UK is just gifting Morocco a decade for it to catch up. Yeah it's Gary what was, the, what was the sort of turning point which made you decide to leave Britain? I mean obviously you know you've I can kind of guess but what was the specific moment? Like, what, what, the, what the, Honestly that there wasn't one. Uh, yeah. I was I, I remember in the 1980s a guy from um, who lived, a British guy moved to Poland because he was against the poll tax. And he, he was from Liverpool, and a friend of his in Liverpool said, well, if you don't like the poll tax, why don't you move to Poland? As a joke. And yeah. this guy said, oh, yeah, good idea. He's now a millionaire. He runs a, a radio station in Poland, and he's like wow. really involved in the media in Poland. So that has always been something that haunted the back of my mind. That, that possibility of moving away and starting afresh with whole new levels of possibilities. But like I say, I'd lived in six countries and, you know, every time I went back to the UK, I was a little less settled. I felt a little more frustrated and angry. And, and you know, and, and I, I was annoying all of my family and friends because I just kept on being so critical of the UK. Yeah. And then, you know, I just thought, and then I, actually the thing that really made me move was, I had the opportunity of being an extra in a film and they were filming it in Morocco. So oh. I spent like seven days here being an extra in a film and it was such good fun. I would not recommend it because it's quite hard work, but doing it once was great. The yeah. money is ridiculously fantastic. So, uh, and I met a lot of Brits who were already here doing that type of thing. And so I thought, yeah, you know, it's possible. And that was it, you know, and that was just the push that I thought, but because there'd been such a buildup of me, you know, stood on the edge of this cliff of should I move, should I jump, should I not jump, that actually by the time I did jump, it wasn't a huge move because I yeah. was already there 99% psychologically. It was just I can see how passionate you are. It like comes out of you like about what you've done and you're re you really in integrity with your decision as well. 
it's you know? it's the best decision I ever made in my life. Look, I I live I live in a in a huge department uh, apartment in in Rabat, the capital of Morocco. I'm 20 seconds, 20 seconds away from the ocean. I have a beautiful view of the ocean. I have a huge apartment. I built, well, I'm, I'm in the process of building a recording studio to yeah. make for my YouTube videos. Here in Morocco, I am deciding what soundproofing to use in my recording studio. In the UK, th that wouldn't even be a question I could think about asking. Now it's a question that I have to answer. Yeah, and it's it's crazy. It's absolutely just the difference between those two countries. It's it is beyond the belief until you actually move here. Just how big a difference it is between these two nations. Ah, it sounds incredible, man. I tell you what, we'll pull up some more um, small listener questions. Yeah, more questions. Yeah. Right. Kirsty Smith, how can you do this with F all funds and two kids? I don't think you will have a plan for me. <laughs> oh, I have a plan. I have a plan. Oh, right, right. Let's let's hear it. So okay, so just to give you a brief rundown, I earn about twenty-five euros uh, an hour, which is a lot of money in Morocco. I've just had my hair cut and it cost me one pound fifty to get my hair. I don't have that much hair anyway, but like one pound fifty. If you're, you know, a woman and you want to get like a nice hairstyle, you're looking at about a fiver. So, you know, food is incredibly cheap here. And, you know, I can eat in a restaurant. I mean, I'll give you an idea. I can eat in a restaurant in the United in, in Morocco and pay 10% of my one hour salary. I pay my gas and electric bill having worked for about 35 minutes. It you you honestly cannot believe the difference between Can I just rewind two. a little bit? You can work yeah. for 35 minutes and you can pay a gas and electric bill for the day yeah. or the or the week or the month. Oh no, so it's the month. It's a month. We get what? <laughs> yeah, That's honestly, amazing. This is what I'm saying. It's like that you know, when you're looking at this from the perspective of the United Kingdom, you think, oh, you know, it might be better living in this country. You have no idea how much better it is living outside of the UK. I've been wow. banging on about this for years. If you are a young person, if you have no commitment, get out of the UK. Because, you know, even, even if you struggle to find work, even if, you know, you try to build a network here, you know, you, you might have some language barriers, you know, it's going to take you tops two years to get over that. How mm -hmm. long do you think it is going to help you it's going to take you to build up social mobility, God, yeah. buy a house in the United Kingdom. Two years? I don't think so. So, yeah, anyway. A lot that, of people, that, it'll never happen. And yeah, that's, it's, what, it's, that's and a this, real mental health crisis as well. People don't have any hope. Honestly, get out of the UK. I can't stress that message enough. And you know, and 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 this the, the, the question that, that your your viewer asked about kids and family life and stuff like that, it's it's one of those barrier questions that you know one of the characteristics I find of people in the United Kingdom is they always look for negativity. It's mm -hmm. it's a British trait. Never noticed it until I left, but it's a British trait. We always look for Oh, yeah, we can't do it. I bet you this is going to happen. Or I bet you this is against the law. Or, yeah, it'll work for him, but it won't work for me. Listen, yeah. I'm, I'm a working class guy from Teesside. My dad worked in a factory. My mother was a part-time cleaner. And when it came to living in the United Kingdom or not, I thought, no, no, no. 
this is not for me. And so I left. I, I actually came here with very little money, very right. little money. So, you know, all of this is possible. Private schools in Rabat will probably cost. No. Okay, Mike, let me give you a question. How much do you think it would cost to send your child to a private school in Rabat for a year? Based on what you've said about electricity bills, it's going to be a low, well, obviously a far lower figure than the UK yeah. for a start because it's in the UK, as we know, it's set up to like put it a, a, a tiered society in place. People build the networks up through these as well, and that yeah. solidifies them later on. Thousand euros a year. So it's it's not that low. That would be great, but it's it's about three to four, three to four thousand. Well, that, that's uh, still. Pounds. I mean, I was lowballing it because of the electric, but that's yeah. still amazing. It's it's incredible. So you know, you think let's go top end. You look, you're paying four thousand pounds a year to send your kid to a private school in Morocco. Now, this is a private school, which means that you get. Um, Politicians' children there, you get actors' children, sports people's children going there. So straight away, your child's chances of social mobility are increased. Wow. You meet their parents, so your social mobility increases. I've taught the, the children of um, politicians here, like, like ministry members. I don't know who the finance minister is in the United Kingdom now. But I've taught his son. Wow. So, yeah. so, you know, just imagine the contacts I have now. Again, you could not even begin to dream about this in, in the United Kingdom. You just can't do it. Here in Morocco, it's more than a possibility. So you pay £4,000 a year. Everything is so much cheaper here now. Like I say, your gas bill is 35 minutes worth of work. You know? <laughs> That's amazing. I, I work. I work. Uh, 40 hours a month. Wow. Think about that. I work 40 hours a so month. So what is it you're doing that brings in the 25 euros an hour there? Is it you're teaching at the school, yeah? I teach. I, I teach English. I help uh, exam preparation. I tend to teach um, wealthier kids. I mean, I'm, I'm expensive. I'll be honest with you. I am expensive. But, you know, I'm... This goes back to this whole thing about being unique or, you know, a rare commodity is yeah. that you know, I'm a native speaker. I've had 50 years of experience of speaking the language. I, I write. So, you know, I write blogs and books and plays in the past. So I have a very good knowledge and understanding of English. So what that means is over the years, I teach somebody's kid. That parent then talks to their colleague, yeah. you know, they work in a bank, they work in finance, doctors, lawyers. So, you know, everybody was in that social circle. So I, I just got into it. And it's incredibly easy. I would say when I arrived here, so I got a job here at an English language school. It was an American private school. And uh, it was just like in the evening. Like, so the kids would mm -hmm. go to school and then to supplement their English learning. They would go to this private school and I worked there for about a year and a half. And while I was there, I found parents who would let me teach their child privately. It was more money than working at school. So I reduced the number of hours at school and increased the number of hours of, of working privately. And, you know, and it's fine. And yeah, I, I can eat in a restaurant for 10% of what I work in an hour. Mm -hmm. I can pay a gas bill after paying, after working 35 minutes. 
Buses, the work-life balance, as they say, is just perfect, really. It's like yeah. you've got enough to keep your arm in and like, keep your, intel- your brain ticking over. And I guess you've got time to write. Like, as you say, you're doing YouTube, all of that other things. And I bet that's really... I mean, I'm just thinking there about like how people um, are in the UK where they work 40, 50, 60 hours a week, two-hour commutes, an hour commute. It's raining. It's miserable. And you are saying that it doesn't have to be this way it it really doesn't and in fact i would argue the way that it is in the uk is the wrong way and and you know the other thing that i would say about about all of this is is it you you get in this perpetual downward spiral and and you know you spoke about mental health and i think i think it's a huge problem in the uk and mm-hmm. and you know it, people. Whenever I go back there, and like I say, I haven't been back for three years. So I, like you know, when I went back there, Brexit had been decided, but we were still in the EU. Yeah. So you know, we we had no COVID. COVID didn't exist the last time I was in the UK. So I'm well out of the UK loop. But I've still got family and friends there, and I find out what's going on there. And you know, the last time I was there, you you can feel the bitterness. Oh, God, you can yeah. feel the frustration and no one, no one. Well, I think it's starting to happen now with the enough is the enough and the unions and all of that stuff, which I totally support. My, my only criticism of that is why the hell didn't you do this 10 years earlier? But still, yeah. um, you know, but normally the, the British mentality is to take it out on the next person down. So you get these you get these jobs workers who are on minimum wage who hate their life they hate their job you know it's forty hours a week like you say in the cold rain they're walking around doing the most menial honestly the most futile worthless job they could possibly do okay. and they take it out on the guy who's parking his car who's just gone over the line. Or, you know, like I did a video on my channel called Why I Left the UK. And the example that I used was the bus driver who wouldn't let the, the young girl on the bus because he pulled away. And we're talking centimeters. He pulled away from the bus stop. Oh, God, didn't I've seen things like that myself, yeah. Didn't, yeah, didn't talk to her. He, like, you know, she would ask him questions through the windscreen and he would mm-hmm. just bib his horn as the answer. And, you know, and, and this, this is the British mentality because everybody is so pissed off. Everybody is so angry. Everybody just wants to punch somebody. Dude, dude uh, seriously, like, I, I mean, I get it like, mostly through online, but, like, the amount of shit that I'm getting off people at the minute, express an opinion and wait to be abused is, is really yeah, what it yeah, is. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, man, I get that all the time, all yeah. the time. And, you know, because if your opinion doesn't 100% fully match the other person's opinion like there's, th- there's things you've written on, on your on your facebook page i fundamentally disagree with mm-hmm. but that's and that not is your right to as well and we'll yeah, talk I mean, about we'll, it like we'll, as adults we'll and that's that's fine yeah and in fact that's great it's great that people disagree with each other and yet you know no no like people are waiting for the fight because you know it's it's like self-harming you know yeah but rather than have a knife and cutting yourself you go out there for the fight wanting somebody to punch you in your face because you're so bloody angry yeah. that you, you want to fight. You want a reason to fight, but you don't fight the person who you should be fighting, which is the person above you. 
this is just it. this is what I'm trying to do. It's like look up, stop looking at like yeah. black and brown people, stop looking at all this bullshit. Look at the people who are doing this. And I think there's a cowardice in people in, as well oh, in the British psyche, isn't it's it? So though? True. It's like, all right, I'll I'll have a go at you, but I will not have a go at, at these people because there might be consequences for us because they're bigger than me. It's crazy, yeah. man. It's like they're the people doing this. I'm not doing it. Like I'm yeah. trying to like turn this around, you know. It's like, and absolutely, I don't know if right, but I admit, you know. And you know, the other thing that I would say is, really, you you've either got to fight or you've got to get out. What I did was, I I got out. I I honestly don't think the fight is something you can win. That that is my yeah. personal belief. And you know, if you're asking me for, you know, what was the thing that really pushed me over? I guess now, in reflection after the conversation that we just had, I think it was. The, the final acceptance that you are never going to win this fight. You know, I, I'm, I'm in my late 50s now. I left the UK when I was 50. So maybe that was another psychological thing as well when I think about it, you know, yeah. that I was 50. And I thought, you know, I'm going to spend the next 25, 30 years in the UK just, no, 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 I have a dream. I have a life. I want to do that. And Can so I point me, something out when I look at your face, Gary? Can I just interject? Well, when I look yes, at sorry. your face, is it, how old did you say you were? Late fifties, right? 57. One, you don't look at at all. There's a radiance comes out of your face, which can only come from internal happiness. Nobody can fake this. Well, that's that's probably true. I am I am incredibly happy here. I haven't experienced stress in I don't know ten years. Seven, well, I don't know. I've been in, I would say two thousand. Yeah, seven eight years. I haven't experienced that's amazing. Any like, I'm so happy for you, man. <laughs> it's great. It's great. It's so good. But like, so just good. looking at you, it's like, like you are the, all people have to do is look, and you're the biggest advert for what you're advocating. Like, yeah, is it honestly, just art? You're legitimately yeah, yeah. happy, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, I truly am, and and it's a happiness that is so deep down that you know it. You just you feel it with every little cell in your body. You know, I I don't I don't have to drink alcohol. I don't have to go out on a Friday and Saturday night. I don't have to like. You know, do a shit job and then, um, oh, that's the first time I've ever swore on. Um, like, oh, you watch my worry, videos I, like, and I never swear at all. But, like, you I, know, you know it is. Like, I never, I never swear generally when we have guests, but when we don't, I'm just a volume. Yeah. But yeah, I just swear I was brought up in the Northeast. My mum was like, don't swear around guests. And it's supposed yeah, to be. Yeah, because you know, like, you, know, you don't know who's watching these things. And it could be like, you know, don't, don't worry about I, it. It's a I know, light I know, one. I say, but... the, the, the motherload one. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, the thing is, you know, people, I think people do that, you know, they, they work really horrible lives, really, you know, for five days. And then for this two days, they go, right, I'm going to try and cure myself of this unhappiness. So they pile everything into Friday night, Saturday, Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon. And then by Sunday evening, it's like, oh, my God. So they do it again. Me? Yeah. I'm like. You know, I'm 24-7 happy, man. You know, like I, I work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday morning. So Monday is like Monday afternoon. So after I'll finish this, just to, I'll give you a, I'll give you my week's timetable. Yeah, do so it, So after I finish this, I will um, write a, 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 the script for a video that I'm doing about alcohol, the, 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 the relaxing of alcohol laws in Morocco. So I'll write, I'll write the script for that. Tomorrow I will edit it and probably upload it on my YouTube channel. And then, so this evening, I will go out and teach these these two boys, and uh, they're they're really great. And basically, all I do is sit there and talk with them 
and introduce them to new vocabulary and words. And we'll probably talk a lot about the World Cup that's going on. So, um, so yes, I'll do that. So that's Monday and Tuesday. Wednesday is my longest teaching day because the schools here only operate Wednesday morning. So Wednesday afternoon and evening, I can teach privately. And then I teach a doctor on Thursday morning for one hour. And then that's it. So can Thursday I just interject and clarify or, something? Are yeah. you saying that school schools are only on Wednesdays? Like no, 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 Wednesday morning. So it's all day Monday, all day Tuesday, Wednesday morning, all day Thursday, all day Friday. Sorry, mate, I just want to clarify. So, so from, from Thursday afternoon till late Monday afternoon, I don't teach. So that's when I like chill, read a book, um, you know, write, make videos. Yeah, that, that's that's when I go for walks. Yeah, that, that's that's what I do. You know. Oh, mate, it sounds beautiful. Um, do you know what it is as well? Like, there will be because that British mentality. When pe people like see this and whatever, there will be people looking. Look at that happy bastard. Who does he think he is? You yeah. know, there will be. I get and that. I get I'd that. like to direct this to them. Don't do that. Don't yeah. do that. That's the and, trap and, of the class and, system and all of the unhappiness. Yes, don't do yeah. it. You, you could not have had a more humble start in life than the one I had. Mm -hmm. Working, my dad in a factory, my mother a part-time cleaner, three kids, you know, like in, in you know, a council house in stockton on Tees. You know, yeah. you don't get much basic than that. You know, I, so I my upbringing, mate, I, like I had a brother, yeah. we shared a bedroom in a two bedroom council house. My mother um, was like, she worked as a dinner lady. My dad worked in a warehouse or a rope factory, or he was a painter and decorator, fully working class people, you know? Yep. And the, the other thing, you know, you do that, you, you, you get that kind of, who does he think he is mentality. And then you get the, uh, and this is the one you get the most, the, oh, you're looking. I get that a lot. Nothing to do with luck. You know, I did I didn't win the lottery. I didn't you know, I I, I didn't inherit money. I yeah. I just thought, you know what? I don't want what the UK is offering. So I got out. And believe me, believe me, if I can do it, anyone can do it. <laughs> True, man. I I came here with very little money. Very little money. I, I had enough to last me one month, and then I knew I was going to get paid at the end of the month at the school. But yeah, I mean, and because everything is so cheap here, that you know, if you've got some money in the bank, just you know, bring that with you. And the EasyJet flights between the between you know the UK and and Morocco, just you know, it's easy. It's so easy. Just it's amazing, it. isn't it, Gary? How how much rent do you pay a month? Like so, I pay. So it's 5,000 dirham. They have dirhams here. The, the easiest way to calculate it is to knock a zero off and call that euros. So it's 500 euros, which is about, what, 480 80 pounds, something like that, mm -hmm. I would say, something like that. But you've got to add the fact that it's a three-bedroom apartment that I have. It's right on the ocean front. Wow. I mean, I would, I would show you the view, but we've got rain here today, which is great. Oh, that's another thing. Bad weather is, is so much enjoyed here because it happens so rarely that when it rains, you love it. You love the rain here in Morocco because it's so rare that you wow, need it. man. Like 480 a month, three beds, just yeah. on the waterfront. That is crazy. Yeah, can you imagine that? Can you imagine? And this is the capital, so that would be London. 
you're not even getting in london don't even bother buying an oyster card you're not doing it it's not happening yeah. for that money you know like you're not even getting a shed for that man it's like yeah. it's not happening and 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 you know, public transport here like the, the taxis are amazing there's blue blue taxis running around rabat like like rats just scattering everywhere so you can always hail a taxi incredibly cheap the taxis they have the bus service here is um it's five dirham so you know that's it's i think it's about 12 dirham to the pound so five dirham you're looking at about what, 40 pence Dear 40 me, pence you can't even knock a note off that can you yeah I, I mean you know it's 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 crazy it's absolutely whatever you imagine it could be like it's going to be better Gary, you're um, still so, talking because we'd agree to do half an hour, but I'm I'm really enjoying this, and I think there's like more to say. So you're right to keep oh, talking. Oh man, I could talk for hours now. Happy days. We'll do another fifteen so do, twenty do minutes. Do you have today. more questions? Because let's kind of focus it. Yeah, back man, to definitely. Let's do it. Um, so Joanne Gillum's saying, having got one foot in a non-EU country, I'd be really inter interested in hearing what he has to say. What, if anything, does he miss about the UK? Yorkshire puddings. Yeah. Straight in, no mess in there, no Yorkshire puddings. That, that's it. You know, I mean, I, I see my family. My, my mother is, is 90 years old, and I talk to her on Skype. And what I've done is I've got a Skype number. So all she has to do is use her landline, and she phones my laptop. Amazing. Other yeah. members of my family, you know, they're, they're much more IT savvy. So I, I talk to them, my friends, you know, I, I've, got, I've got friends in the Ukraine right now. And, I, you know, I'm talking to them about what's happening in the Ukraine. So in terms of socializing with people, I, I, I don't really miss anything. And, you know, it, I mean, I would struggle, you know, I mean, maybe, you know, it would be nice to go back to the UK and have a pint, to go into a pub and have a pint. But I know, I have no idea how much a pint costs right now. Oh, so I know God, it's going to don't, don't even ask, I it's horrible. It's going to shock probably me. as much as your rent. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah probably, probably. Yeah. So, you know, I, I miss that. But, you know, when, when I've experienced that in the past, you know, after about three days, you know, once I've seen my family, hugged everybody, caught up on news, face to face, you know, I'm I'm kind of missing my ocean view apartment. Mm. So for me, the UK is where I go for a short break. So I, I don't I don't miss the culture. I don't miss the life. I don't because with that comes all the negative mentality, and I just don't don't want it. In fact, I I love the UK now because I'm there for like three or four days, and it's great experience. I see my mother. I see my family. I see my friends. I and then I get out. I'm not trapped. I get out and then I come back here and like everything's great again, you know? So. I'm honestly like internally bursting with joy for you and how joyful you are as a human being. We need yeah. more of this in the world, man. You need to spread this. I know you are with YouTube and whatever. The links, by the way, for everything you do will be in the description of this when it goes out. Excellent. Probably. Excellent. Did, um, did you know I, I, do, I do a lot of videos that compare life in the UK and Morocco because really what I, the message that I would want to get across, and this is why I'm very happy that you've given me the opportunity, is to say to people that there is a solution to this. Yeah. And for me, I would say the solution is not in the UK. The solution is finding a way to leave the UK. And even if you've got two kids, you know, 4,000 4, pounds 
to to you know to put your kid into Eton. You know, it's, it's that is that is amazing, and it, 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 we know it's a, a lot of it's not just the education; it's the networks people build, yeah. and it puts you into that level of society, and the opportunities go around that circle, don't they? So um, absolutely, and and you know, here in Morocco, they are gagging for English. They they really, really, really want to learn. They're abandoning French like crazy here. So if you can do anything in English, you know, don't think you have to be an English teacher. If you're a beautician, come out here and start an English-speaking beauty salon. And, yeah. and I'll tell you, the rich people in Morocco would love that. That's mad. That, like, you know, yeah, like if, 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 if you're into football, start a, you know, a football club, like a, a, a teenage football club. They're football crazy here in Morocco. You can imagine with the World Cup, you know, and the, oh, the, you know they've just got through to the qualifying, to the knockout stage. They're, they're, they're bouncing up and down here like they've just won the World Cup. So, you know, if you're, if you're good at football, if you're good at personal training, if you, if you can draw, if you can do anything in English, come to Morocco and do it here in English and you will yeah. have to work less and you will get more money and you will be happy. And bring the well, kids. Yeah, one thing I'd add to this, if people are worried about it not being a European country and whatever, maybe try Tangier because you can get short hop ferries back to southern Spain and, you know, you might feel connected to it. But if anybody who's been to Morocco, they'll know it's a good country. It's, you know, oh, sometimes it's that like, it's that British mentality of like, oh, I don't know about that. It's Africa. <laughs> yeah, know? well, you know, well, so, you know, a little bit about the geopolitics of Morocco then, you know, it's, it's in the northeast, northwest of, of Africa. It's on the it's on the Mediterranean coast in the north and the Atlantic coast in the west. It is positioning itself as a bridge between Africa and Europe, and yeah. that's why it's building all of these infrastructures of motorways and and you know and 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 schools because they they need their people now to be educated, particularly in English. So yeah. that, that like I say, they are gagging for for English speakers here because they're wanting to be this international country this international hub and because of where it's placed in terms of africa and you know there's a lot of countries in africa that are starting to come out of poverty and they're seeing morocco as that gateway into selling their stuff into europe and yeah. also across the atlantic into into the united states and south america so it's just this great hub and it's it's building itself up. So in the next 20, 30 years, it will be such an important country. And then, you know, you look at what's happening in the UK and they're going, oh, well, guys, we're going to go into 10 years of recession. But oh, just mate, everybody yeah. hibernate for 10 years and that's fine. And then all of these other countries are going, yeah, the UK is hibernating for 10 years. We'll, we'll catch up. And, like, and they will. They, they will. will catch up. They are building schools and hospitals here at a crazy, crazy rate. Crazy rate. You know, in the UK, they're, they're closing libraries. They're doing four days at school because they can't pay the fuel bill. Here they are building schools. Oh, man. Like, and that's the thing. I'm, I'm, I'm happy for them. And I wish, I wish... Britain had a plan 2030 and just like yeah. something for people to be proud of. Like it begs the question, like how has your view changed on what it is to be British um, over the years? I mean, uh, suppose we could break that down. Right now. What did it, what was your concept of what 
British being British was and how has that changed into now with your life experiences in Morocco like from the outside um, looking I, in I suppose so honestly and, and you know this isn't going to sound nice but I struggle to you know I think you know the British people are nice you know I think if you remove all the bad things about what's going on in the UK you know yeah. that they are resilient but they are too resilient yeah you know, the, the, the British are incredible. I, I say that the British are the most docile, compliant people on the planet. And, you know, and, and I do. I firmly believe that. They, they are sucked into their media much more than you realize you are. On both yeah. sides. On, you know, the, this idea that, you know, you are wrong and I am right. You, you know, you're not following the signs. You're an anti-vaxxer. You know, mm -hmm. it's, you're only saying these things because the media tells you that these people are wrong. You know, there, there are a lot of issues around COVID, a lot of issues. And, you know, we need to address those small component parts. But so there's this, it's too simplistic. People are too narrow-minded. They're too narrow-focused. They're too bitter. They're too enraged. And they're too negative. And I think, you know, a lot of that is down to the mental health issue that's going on totally. in the UK. I think it's far more endemic in the UK than people realize it is. I, I would say so many people are suffering from a level of mental health. The sense of mm -hmm. desperation, the sense of hopelessness, the sense of even like, you know, we have to tighten our belt for 10 years. You know, that's, it brings a cloud over to your mind, you know, and you feel dejected, you feel down. And this is the vibe I get from the UK. So, but, you know, I have to say, some of this comes from the people themselves, you know? Yeah. You, you, you've got a prime minister that you never elected. And what's the response that people have? Oh, well, at least he's calmed the markets. Two months ago, you didn't give a damn about the markets. The only reason why you think Richie Sunak is doing good with calming the markets is because the media and the government have told you that calming the markets is a priority. I mean, yeah. like, you know, you don't know that. You're, you're, and, and, you know, and the thing about the British is that they will say, oh, you know, I'm like, you know, we, we need to calm the markets. Okay, why do you think we need to calm the markets? You're not an economist. You don't know what, what's going on in government. And yet, you know, you're coming out with this bold opinion as if it's a fact. People mix up their facts and opinions in the UK tremendously. Yeah. So, you know, and, and so they do this. So they actually actively work against their own interest with this belief that what they are saying is a knowledgeable fact when it's really just an opinion. You, yeah. you should yeah. be getting rid of Richie Sunak. Everybody, you know, general strike. This is the thing that really, I remember living in Newcastle and I was talking to this guy and I said to him, this was after the first austerity in 2010, something like that. Yeah. I remember talking to this guy and I said to him, you know, the UK should have a general strike. And his response to me was, oh, we can't, it's against the law. And I thought, well, what are they going to do? Just arrest everybody? Like just one day, just one day, everybody stops working. What is the government going to do? And not arrest everybody? But no, there is this compliance of like, oh, no, it's against the law. We probably can't do, oh, sorry, put on a funny voice, but it just gets me. Look, look how angry I am now. now this, is, this is probably the most angry you've been in about a year. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And it's the UK that makes you done. Let's, let's talk about Morocco, man. It makes me smile.
cool, man. I'm just going to yeah, put something up before this, we do. Jacqueline here has said, just out of curiosity, I looked up the most expensive property to rent in London. It's over 400,000 per calendar month. And that was for a two-bed flat. <laughs> calendar one, month. That's crazy. It's one less bedroom than you've got in an oceanfront property. Mad. That's crazy. That's crazy. No, Mad. come out. Come out. Honestly, come out to the UK. Mad. Why, why, don't, Mike, why don't you come out and do a podcast here in Morocco? You can stay in my place, use my recording studio, and we'll do something. I might take you up on it. Actually, it sounds amazing, man. Yeah, um, right, I'll tell you what we'll do, Morocco, though. We'll take it. And- We'll take a few more of the listener um, questions simply because, yeah, like, well, obviously, we could talk all day, but would you know, I want to keep it, keep yeah, it tight too. We'll, you know, so okay. Zoe is saying, is it possible for a non working disabled person? Okay, so welfare is pretty crap here. Yeah, uh, really she does go on really asking the live chat here actually, um, what are the medical services like? So it's kind of so, like straight away, yeah. Yeah, so uh, th- there is there is a form of NHS, but it's mm-hmm. pretty bad. Yeah. So, but having said that, private health insurance, which which I have, is you know it's about 200, 200 pounds a year I pay for private health really? insurance. Really, that is amazing. So, what does that cover for everything? Like anything? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's everything. That gets me a nice ambulance. The ambulances here um, are pretty scary. It's it's basically an an empty van. So, you know, like our ambulances are like hospitals on wheels. Here it's an empty van that takes you to the hospital. But, you know, for 200 a year, you're, you know, you get a nice ambulance. And they often share ambulances here. I have right. once had this, this let, let's be a little bit negative about Morocco. I remember once seeing a road accident here and the ambulance turned up and there was already somebody in the ambulance. And they just put this guy who had fallen off his motorbike into the ambulance with this other guy. And I thought, okay, okay, interesting. But yeah, I mean, you know, the thing is, as you know, I'm I'm not talking about Morocco from the point of view of Moroccans. And really what I should point out is that Moroccan life and Moroccans can be quite difficult. And I would not want to detract from that. But Mm. if you're from the West, we have a really good lifestyle. And you know, it's other things, you know, like the police, the police treat me with so much respect, like, Tons and tons of respect because I'm white skinned and I'm European. You know, mm-hmm. I go into ministry buildings and the, the bureaucracy level, the way that I am treated, the way that people from sub Saharan Africa or even other Moroccans are treated, I am treated much, much more favorably. And really? you know, that I, I wouldn't say that that's wrong on my part because I'm not getting any extra special treatment, they just don't treat other people as well as they should. Understood, yeah. It's not that I have white privilege. I'm just treated like a normal person, basically. Got you. But that accounts a lot for me. So, yeah. Oh, and the other thing I'd say about disabled people is the roads and the pavements are not that good. So I don't know what the disability is, but if they're in a wheelchair, that's pretty tough. That's pretty tough. But I've seen a lot of blind people here in Morocco. And, you know, they, they don't have guide dogs. The guide dogs are not a big thing here in Morocco. They have white sticks. And, yeah. you know, you see them tapping along the street and the level of bravery that they have crossing the roads in Morocco. I mean, you know, they, they get a lot of help. People are very community spirited here. But still, I would not want to be disabled in living in Morocco. I really Got you. I'll take, take one more from the watchers and listeners. Uh, Ali Keith 
is it in any way practical for the every man without the need for significant funding, etc.? People have been talking about that in the live chat too, like saying that the startup costs scare people. Okay, okay. So let me, let me, like I say, I didn't come here with anything more than a month's, really a month's money here. Mm -hmm. So I, I would say that I spend about, I live very comfortably and I spend about a thousand euros a month. Thousand so, euros a month, yeah. Yeah, and and that's you know buying things that I don't particularly need. You know, I mean, is that if, including if was, like all the cost of living? Like, if you want to go, yeah, for that's, that's everything. And... Food, going out to restaurants, yeah. buses, taxis. You know, it's uh, yeah, it's my mobile phone charges, my Wi-Fi. It's um, yeah, it's about a thousand a month. My biggest expense is is the my accommodation. That's my biggest biggest expense. So, you know, as long as you can generate, and that's as a single person. So obviously if you've got family, it's greater and greater. Of course. But yeah. you know, as, as an as an individual single person, you could very comfortably live in Morocco for a thousand euros a month. Very comfortably. Even less if you just wanted to like scrape by. So, so I would yeah. say in terms of startup costs, you need two if, if you don't have a job. If you don't apply for a job before you get here, and there are many jobs to do with schools and, you know, I mean, the British schools, you, English language schools, particularly British schools, are opening up here like crazy because everybody wants their kids to learn English. So you could very easily establish yourself as a private tutor and, um, you know, you, you, you would get money. And like I say, it's 25 euros an hour. That's the going standard in Rabat, 25 euros an hour. So, um, you know, if you probably got about two months worth of money, 2,000, 3,000 pounds, uh, yeah, 3,000 pounds if you can do that, that's, that, that would be, that would make your time here very comfortable. Yeah. But I honestly, I know people who've come here on much less than that. I know people who've come here and then went back to the UK to, to like for their dull money or their welfare, whatever it is, and then just fly back out again and fly back and fly back. Basically spent a lot of their money on the flights. I don't know if you can do that now because of, you know, things aren't that cheap, but um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, if you want to do it very easily, two grand, Amazing. two grand. I, I would even suggest you get a bank loan because you could pay that bank loan off very, very quickly. No, <laughs> very like get, get a bank loan, come out, get cheap rent, um, yeah, make, make you know, money you know, paid off. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, just take a little bit of a risk. Stop being negative. Stop thinking, oh, you know, he's lucky or, you know, he, no, you can do this. You can do this. And there is nothing that's keeping you in the UK apart from your fear and your your excuses to, to not be able to move. I'm going to like agree with you wholeheartedly there, Gary, because the top and bottom of it is any great change, it, it's going to bring fear, It's going, and especially if you've got that British negative mentality. But sometimes, I mean, you've just got to look at the evidence of the state of the country. It's yeah. like, you, do you want to be unhappy or do you not? And I mean, we've we've talked for like 50 minutes here and I could talk in another 50, but like in terms of editing the show, we couldn't, we couldn't really do that. So give us give us your links and, and all of that. And we'll obviously include them when we put this out, but if you want to speak on them now, how can people find you? Um, so, I'm, uh, so it's my name, Gary Sullivan, and I'm on YouTube, uh, Instagram, Facebook. I'm, I'm all over the place because I have so much time. I have nothing else to do but 
go on social media. So, so yeah, that's that's it. And, you know, just, just maybe as one final parting thought, I would say, you know, even if you struggle for two years here in Morocco, and, and, you know, it doesn't have to be Morocco, go to Vietnam, go to Brazil, go to just somewhere that's not the UK. Well, you know, I you spoke might to another guest, right, Gary, and he's, he lives in yep. Vietnam and he's, uh, he's an ecologist and he doesn't earn as much as he would in the UK, but like you said, he's moved up, like got lots of opportunities and the, his cost of living versus what he earns, he's actually better off than being in the, the UK. Yeah, and, and, it, and, and I am too. You know, I mean, I choose to work 40 hours a month. If I worked even an extra five hours, like, you know, just... It would be crazy, you know, just an extra 10 hours. So I have that flexibility of working that little bit more as and when I want to. But, you know, even if it's going to be tough for you for two years, let's go massively wild. It's going to be tough for you in Morocco for five years. You've got two options. You can always go back to the UK because you've got a British passport. You will always get back in to the country. And if you tough it out for five years. How long is it going to get you a level of social mobility if you stay in the UK? Five years, and that would be maximum amount of suffering time that you would have, would be, you know, in the UK, could be the rest of your life. You know, if if you are even in your 20s now, 30s, getting a house, getting a mortgage, getting a job where you are not absolutely petrified of losing that job. And so you lose your house, you lose your car, you become trapped in your job. Your boss owns your life. You know, do you want that for the rest of your life? Or do you want to suffer in Morocco for three, two, three, five years maximum? Uh, To me, there's no choice. There's no choice. It's that first bit, though, isn't it, Gary? It's like getting over that hump psychologically. And I assume on your channel, you've got loads of videos about like things like that, visas, like all that legalities, that kind of stuff as well. Um, I've started to do that because, um, like, so normally my whole thing was just how life is great here in comparison to the UK. One of my most popular videos is the cost of living in the UK yeah. versus Morocco and minimum wage, living a life of minimum wage in Morocco versus the UK. And, um, but now I have started to do these videos about, you know, how you get here, what happens when you get here, that first year. Because I do think in the UK there is this growing feeling of we need something else. You know, the, 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 U, the UK government is in no way going to look after you. No way. They don't. Agreed care about you the only person that can care about you is you and the uk structure is set up so that you never succeed you need to leave no lies being spoken gary none at all you're dead right mate yeah man i I know i'm living proof of this thing get out of the uk it is killing you. It is killing you. No, but it is. I mean, like, like, med- like, we can look at studies around stress, and it's one of the biggest killers, especially for uh, men as well. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And and a lot of um, disease and whatever comes from that stress. I mean, it's disease, isn't it? You're, you're not at ease. And I know this from uh, having stress in the past. It, it triggered off like physical health issues. So yes, absolutely, do whatever it takes to lower your stress and maximize your life. 
Life expectancy. Why is life expectancy in the northeast of England, one of the poorest parts of England, one of the places that has the least amount of social mobility? Why yeah. do you have one of the lowest life expectancy? The government is literally taking literally taking years off your life. Mm -hmm. Why are you still there allowing them to do that? Get Absolutely out of on. the UK. That's that's the solution. Waiting for the UK to improve itself. You're wasting your time. Get out. Spot on, and that's an amazing point to leave it. Mate, I've really yeah. enjoyed talking to you. Lo loved it. In yeah, fact. me too. It's and, been great. Thank and, you so much for the opportunity. Thanks for all the joy and happiness. It's like it's it's at a premium these days, and you just give it away yeah. liberally. So um I'll admit everybody follow Gary links and all links will be in description down below. Um and once again, thanks for being here and thanks to everybody out there for your participation. It's what makes the show. Yeah, so, absolutely. And Mike, I'll see you in uh, I'll see you in Morocco soon. Very soon. You might I might actually come down there and check this out myself, like down a bit for us. I think that's a good thing because it sounds amazing. So let's keep in touch and and, and um if there's any scope for follow follow-ups in the future, let's work together again. Yep, for sure. Happy days, brother. Thanks very much. Um, for everybody else, see you later, see you, see you later brother. I'll, I'll, I'll just put myself full screen there. Go to patreon.com forward slash cowdaily. That's patreon.com forward slash cowdaily if you would like to support our work directly. Also, if you want to do that on a one-off basis, links in the description for PayPal. And as I said, all of Gary's links will be in the description when this goes up on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and a new YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash cowdaily. See you later. All the very best. Cheers. Bye-bye.